Welcome, everybody, to the Patty G Show. I am your host, Patty G, sitting here with Karen Alford of Visit Baton Rouge. We're going to talk all things Baton Rouge and what's happening in the tourism industry and how the shift has kind of played out thus far over the last few months. So, Karen, thank you so very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be out this evening enjoying some cooler weather and looking forward to fall. Absolutely. This is the the first night we've had in a while where we don't have the fans on, I think, in the uh, Patty G Show studio over here. So that is quite a bit of a change of pace. A lot less cicadas in the background. Starting to feel like fall. I know as you've got your your pumpkin spiced I know. coffee over there, really Tried indulging. Tried it out for the first time. And how is it? I see you got it from Bruja. It's good. I, it's good. Yeah, I sure did. I went local and um, supporting that small business. This is part of who we are. And absolutely, you know, hit them before they closed for the evening. So <laughs> perfect. So, what is it that you do with Visit Baton Rouge? I am the director of marketing and technology. I've been with Visit Baton Rouge for about 13 years. So um, I've served in a number of different roles. Uh, This is my current role. So it's exciting, always fun, ever-changing. And, of course, this year provided more surprises. So keeping it real. Yeah. So what does your your day-to-day look like? What does a pre-COVID day-to-day look like? Oh, pre-COVID. It was uh, (laughs) very different. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, That seems so long ago. Um, You know, I I handle both marketing and technology. That was a change we um, started in about 2016, I believe it was. Um, our CEO, Paul Arrigo, I want to give him a shout out this evening. Uh, he really saw that there was such a, a big trend going with marketing and technology. And I have both backgrounds, which is kind of different. Um, and so I too saw the correlation and how technology was really leading the way for marketing efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, within that short period, it's it's really changed since COVID. It's oh, yes. really changed, um, but but that's fun, you know. And, and right. pre-COVID, I did a lot. Um, the marketing side was every day, all the time, really thinking about different and creative ways of getting the Baton Rouge message and brand out. Uh, regionally, statewide, nationally, and internationally. So okay. we have a lot of presence outside of the Baton Rouge area. So that's good. So for where, for what people may not know, what is visit Baton Rouge? I mean, when you say it, people think of it more as used in a full sentence, saying, "Oh, let's go visit Baton Rouge." Right. But there's an entity called Visit Baton Rouge, and so what is it that y'all do? So we are the, I guess you would call it the marketing arm for the. East Baton Rouge Parish. Okay. So our main role and function is to bring um, awareness to and visitors to the Baton Rouge area um, and to really get to to come and experience that. And I think um, a lot of people don't realize the impact that visitation has on a city. Um, Talking pre-COVID, numbers were visitors brought about a billion dollars. Wow. Annually? annually oh my goodness so that's pretty big when you think about it and, and you know i think people are like hmm really um baton rouge doesn't have that name recognition of a an atlanta of a new orleans of a right. chicago of los angeles um but it does bring quite an impact and absolutely uh we had about 11 million visitors a year 
11 million visitors? 11 million visitors. Okay. That comprise of both overnight visitors and day visitors. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's big business when you, yeah. when you really dive down and look at it. So. Yeah, that's, I mean, so you've got a lot of people coming in, and how is that, you know, is that impact via taxes, or is that impact just general revenue cash put into the local economy here? So it comes in, in different forms. Um, taxes is your, your number one base right there. Um, so, you know, when visitors come, they come to have a good time. When you take a vacation, you go to spend money, right? Typically. So that's <laughs> usually the point. Um, and you know, when you're on a business trip or, or whatever it may be, um, you're there and you, and you have a different sense of just living out your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Um, but local taxes definitely get, um, a bump statewide taxes get a bump uh we are funded through that hotel occupancy tax which is very common uh for cities across the world um and how they're funded uh the the destination marketing organizations are funded Mm -hmm. um so when somebody stays in a hotel they do pay a separate tax and that is what we take in turn to remarket to um get more visitors here and to get that brand out there Right, because yeah, I know I was recently in uh, in Tennessee and mm-hmm. we stayed in a hotel for I think five or so days. And when you're at a different city, I mean, you're spending every you have to pay for every single meal. Yeah. And it's not like you can go grocery shop for a week, especially if you're staying in a hotel. That's right. And so you're spending all this rev- all this money at hopefully local places, and we try to stay as local as we can everywhere we go. And you just have that instant boost in those local economies. But on on your hotel checkout tab, you've got o- hotel occupancy tax. So That's I was right. I looked at it and I was like, I'm I'll proudly pay that hotel occupancy tax because of how far it goes. That's right. Now, you know, that's just one of those things that's just out there. And and when it's going for your own city Mm -hmm. and you realize the good that it's doing. And then, you know, the end result is when visitors come here and stay here, that does offset some of the taxes that locals would have to pay. Um, You know, pre-COVID, that was about $683 a year. That locals did not have to pay in taxes each household so so each household yeah. so wow okay so then that's in taxes specifically so you'd yeah. have to spend so many dollars to reach that 683 dollars in taxes okay. so yeah so when visitors would come that billion dollars would would trickle down and that's what you know it, it saves locals money so Absolutely. And, and i think that's why cities understand what tourism does for them um we often don't even notice when visitors are in our city except during, you know, an Alabama football game (laughs) at home, maybe we do recognize it. But for the most part, um, you know, you don't often notice all the time when you have visitors staying. Yeah, and I mean, you you can see it in the, obviously, the hotel parking lots, and you can Mm -hmm. see it, you know, if this local place is having an an event. There's an event in town. You can see people that you don't necessarily see around town anymore, but you know, like you said, they're leaving the burden off of us residents here. That's you correct. know, they're making sure that they're bringing in more revenue than just us are here spending our money. Because, yeah, we it'll go around a circle, but it'll never eventually start growing until we get some outside influx from that visitation. That's right. That's great. So what are some of the, the kind of marketing steps and marketing tools y'all are doing as of now, kind of with the whole shift in COVID? What have y'all kind of gone into? So we did have to cut back just a tad. Obviously, the right. visitation is not where it was in, in 2019, prior to 2020 kicking in full force. Um, so we did have to cut back a, a bit. Um, we still have our message out there. 
extremely important to us because one of the things that we don't want to get lost is the brand of Baton Rouge. We right. don't want people to forget about us because, you know, there is going to be a day when travel resumes like travel mm-hmm. was. Um, I think we're all looking forward to that. Um, it seems like so many conversations I have are just like, oh, I can't wait to travel again. Um, and, and we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. We definitely will. So we didn't want that part of what we did to be non-existent. Um, So we're definitely putting messaging out there. It's a little bit different. We're doing more of a statewide driven marketing messaging. Um, You know, really focusing on um, making sure that statewide and local audiences really get to know their city and their state during this time. Okay. Um, COVID has has changed everything and it's, it's changed the way you travel most of all hugely Uh, i mean we we couldn't walk through a a hotel or even a building in tennessee without wearing a mask that's right and you know it's just um people are more apt to take road trips Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that we're bringing back from the way we used to travel and um i think that's something that we're really starting to see i've often seen through messaging that this year is the year of the road trip just because we do want to get out. We do want to explore, maybe not as far. Right. Um, we're extravagant, too. And just um, just taking, getting in the car and going on a road trip. So we're, we're reaching a different audience. Messaging is, com- is different. Mm-hmm. Um, really focused on that family. Family travel is pretty big right now. And, and definitely hitting that millennial too. That's pretty big because they're very willing to travel, wanting to travel, oh, um, yeah. looking for new ideas and explorations. And you know, if we're not out there, if we're not marketing, then we won't be in that message. That's that's very true. And now it's more appealing to instead of going to like a an out of state, you know, lake or something. Maybe you can explore more in-state stuff you know maybe go check out the louisiana slide side of toledo bend yeah go check out false river you know we have a lot of great recreational places here that some people may have gone somewhere else initially pre-covid but now it's let's not like you said let's not travel that far and let's still get in a car and let's still drive to somewhere it's a lot closer in our own state that's right and i think you know this message hasn't been out there as much but we are sportsman's paradise we are sportsmen's paradise. This is a perfect time to take advantage of that. Absolutely. So. I mean, I know personally my family, they've been enjoying going down to Manny and going down to all the duck seasons and all the, oh, I mean, yeah. the duck uh, oasis down there, really. I mean, with teal seasoning just opening up and we've got duck seasoning, duck season coming soon, it's starting to feel that fall, that sportsman's paradise once again with this kind of realism of, oh, even in COVID, we can go sit in a duck blind or we can go sit in a deer stand or we can go fishing. That's you know, right. if you don't want to hunt, there's still things you can do in Louisiana and Baton Rouge to get out there during these troubling times. That's right. My husband recently reminded me of duck season. So, yes, I'm very familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's it's in full swing and it's it's looking like it's been a great, it's going to be a good one this year for sure. We've got a lot of, a lot of migratory b- birds down here, so it should be exciting. See, they're not fa- afraid to travel. Yeah, they're not tra- they're not they're traveling all the time everywhere. That's right. Absolutely. And so, we'll welcome them. Oh yeah, we'll welcome them and welcome the people that come here for that. So That's right. On a more tactical scale, what exactly are y'all doing to kind of get this message across? So we're doing a lot of digital advertising. Um, you know, messaging is changing 
it was changing, it seemed, by the day at one point, mm-hmm. uh, especially when this was very new and we didn't quite understand what we were doing. Um, so it was changing very quickly and understanding what that message was mm-hmm. and who the audience was, I think, um, were really big factors and um, trying to get that out there. And social media has been the number one channel to really get your message out there in a quick and timely fashion, but then to be able to change it very quickly. As you go into different phases, things change. Right. Not every state's on the same phase. Not every city's on the same phase. So we had to, um, to be able to adapt with messaging and imagery and creative on the fly. And when you're working with print, uh, that that becomes a little more challenging. So Absolutely. more digital. Yeah. Because um, you can you can print out uh, a brochure or a magazine or something and have it be ready to go for next week or even tomorrow, but overnight something can change. Yeah. And you either take the burden of redoing the whole print or you run with what you've already got. And sometimes it could be false inf- or misleading yeah. information if something's been changed overnight. That's right. Whereas with social media, you can go to your campaign, take out that little picture, that little text, and replace it with something else in the middle of your campaign. And the very next millisecond you press publish, the next one that someone sees is going to be accurate and yes. up to date and ready to go. So true. And, and I think we really struggled for a while really realizing what that messaging was. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kicked off with a reunite messaging. It was something we felt um, was the right thing at the right time. And I want to say that was in May. Okay. That we kicked off right when we came out of the stay-at-home order. So we went right into the first phase. Okay. So um, we're moving into phase one. One. Okay. So, and we kicked off with reuniting. And, of course, food is a huge part of our culture <laughs> and something that we all can definitely relate to, something that we really missed. Um, and so it was kind of the, the kickoff of the campaign. Um, and then we've gone into a rediscover, um, and, and that hits on so many different fronts. Um, you know, locals, I've rediscovered the city right. in so many different ways. Um, and, and I, you know, that's something that people statewide can do. People that have been to Baton Rouge that want to come back are thinking, Hey, I just need to get away for a weekend. Where can we go on a quick trip, affordable trip? Mm-hmm. And there's so many things that you can rediscover. Um, while you're here. Absolutely. So what, what has been the, so far, what has been the best kind of package that you found for a rediscover that y'all have put within the campaign? For so outdoors is definitely led. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, it's been fun because COVID has taught us so many good things, you know, um, we tend to focus on all the negative things that have happened this year, but we have discovered so many great things that have come out of this, this year of, of change. And getting out and realizing how many outdoor opportunities are in the Baton Rouge area has been really fun. Um, I think people look at Brick Parks in a, a completely different light now. Oh, 100%. Um, or just the parks and the outdoors and, and getting out and exploring, doing nature trail um, visits or treasure hunts outside. Um, just really getting us moving. I know Gotcha Bikes mm-hmm. um, has been a huge um factor for so many um or just taking your own bike and and going on a a ride or um going through some of the trails that we have oh absolutely i mean you've got 
people getting out and becoming more active all during COVID. That's every guest we bring on. That's one of the main things they talk about is how active people have been. Yeah. Where you're walking down your street and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you in you know two months because I haven't been able to walk outside because yeah. we've been so busy with work. And you know it was coming along right at a busy season for a lot of people. That first quarter of the year, that second quarter of the year, can be really busy for a variation, a variety of companies. And so yeah. having to force us all to slow down has really given us that time to reflect genuinely and say, all right, what's really important? What do we really want to spend our time doing? Do we really want to spend our time driving to work to and from all this time? <laughs> we want to spend our time in Baton Rouge traffic, which everybody absolutely just loves to That's death. That's right. I know it's everybody's favorite thing about Baton Rouge is the traffic going across the bridge, anywhere from I-10 Really, when you get to 12, all the way down to like Hammond and Albany is before it starts clearing up in the afternoons. But it's, we've been able to say, okay, no, we don't really like that. We've all kind of adapted to those that, can, that could, and we've all learned to work remotely. We've all learned to utilize the resources that some of us may not even know how to use beforehand. I mean, <laughs> I know I had, to, I had to walk through quite a few people at our office on how to remote in and how to set stuff up and how to... I mean, we had, we had a whole email go out about how to be efficient at home. Yeah. You know, here's a couple of articles to read about how to be, you know, the best and the most efficient that you can be from your home space. You know, it's, it's okay to take more breaks from home than it is at the office. Because at the office, the only thought is you can think of is get back home, get back home, get out of the office. Right. But at your house. <laughs> <laughs> where, There's no turning away. Where, where are you no going to go? To the living room? To the kitchen? Yeah. I mean, you, you've got to have that those few moments to tune out and really figure out, you know, kind of re reset yeah. and then go back into the workforce. So I think for us, like you said, getting us outdoors. I mean, I've never seen, I mean, we're right here by Webb Park. I've never seen more golfers at Webb Park than COVID, than before COVID. I mean, then after COVID. Because Isn't that crazy? it's packed all the time. I mean, I was playing at Santa Maria at Webb, you know, going out to Beaver Creek and there was just people everywhere on the golf course. And I was like, this is this is incredible. It makes for a longer game, but it's still incredible to see people using these Brett courses, using these local resources to get out there and do something. We're all not just sitting at home doing nothing. That's right. So it's, it's encouraging to see that. It is, and I, I think it's made people look at life a little differently, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that's awesome. I did see a stat about the golf courses here and how much they've seen an increase in visitation and it just <laughs> blew my mind, but it makes sense. I'm like, where else do you go? You know, <clears throat> that's right. Where, where else are you going to go within? I mean, cause if you may not be able to go fishing or you that's may right. not be able to go hunting, depending, I mean, we couldn't hunt up until literally two or three weeks ago, I believe was when the first opening day of duck season, of teal season. But what people needed during that time was they couldn't go and have drinks with friends at bars. They couldn't go eat at big restaurants with 10 or 12 people in a party. Right. So they said, hey, let's get three or four or five of our friends and let's go on the golf course, you know, because we're outdoors. We're able to maintain proper distancing and all that. I mean, my wife and I would go with another couple of friends of ours and our wives don't play golf, but they'll come out and it's, it's like we're going to dinner. It's like we're having That's a night right. together. We're just out and we're all together just enjoying each other's company. Yeah, it's it's there's been a lot of great stories like that. And, uh, you know, just hearing people go out and explore their neighborhoods, maybe for the first time or like you said, a first time in a long time. That's right. Um, kind of kind of brings us back to to what's important, you know? Yeah, it 
makes you really take a step back and say, all right, what do I want to do in my downtime, really? Yeah. Now that I, I mean, yeah, your your kids' sports are starting to pick back up. Your little leagues are starting to get back out there. But beforehand, it was, what do I genuinely want to spend my time doing? And a lot of parents had to get creative oh, yeah. with, with their kids <laughs> and what they had to do. Schooling them as well. So <laughs> Yeah. See, I was homeschooled from fourth grade all the way through high school. So for me it was for me to hear people at homeschool, I'm like, all right, now everybody gets to see what it's what it's what that other side of education is like. That's right. Yeah, but, I had two of my own. So uh <laughs> it got quite fun working and mm-hmm. um educating or assisting with educating. The teachers were still very much there, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But when you're sitting there with your child and making sure they're doing their work, that's a whole nother thing. So it's way different from your kid coming home from school and saying, hey, I've got these six or seven different projects (laughs) or assignments I need to do. Mom, dad, can you help me? Now it's okay. I have to educate you for eight, nine hours (laughs) out of the day. And keep you busy. Yes. Yes. And keep you busy. And now I've got to make your lunches. I've got to make sure you get on a schedule because a lot of kids will thrive on that schedule. That as soon as that schedule is off. I mean, I just know so many parents that are like, my kids are going crazy because there's no routine, there's mm-hmm. no schedule, which you can look at that, and like we said, we can look at the bad side of that and see how crazy it can go, but the plus side of that is you can get creative with your studies. If you wanted to go and have a weekend away or a week yeah. away with everybody working remote, you can. I mean, I, right. I utilize that, went and visited some friends up north, and I was my wife and I were both working remote, so we're our friends. So we were all working remotely, but we were still able to be together and still be able to have that travel time, which we wouldn't have without COVID. You, no. Yeah. You were, because you're coming in the office regardless of what's happening. You got a sick day, we got to pull your sick day. Now it's, do we really need sick days? Do we really mm. need personal days if you can just work from home? Yeah. So it's getting creative in the workforce with this time spent at home that we didn't have beforehand. Yeah. So true. So true. Absolutely. So what is it? That you did before you got to visit BR, because I know that we had you kind of teased it a little bit with Carl and I beforehand. So yeah, I've had a few different careers within okay. the. Uh, so what's your background? So I started in journalism, is where okay. I started. Um, started in radio here in Baton Rouge, and then went to television um, on the producing side. So not in front of the camera. Uh, so, uh, did that for a number of years, and then went and worked at the Louisiana Art and Science Museum. Okay. I was an event coordinator there um, and then went to visit Baton Rouge in 2007, I believe it was. It's been a while. Um, it's been, been there for a lo- well over a decade. Though. Yeah, so I've been there for the, a, a large portion of my career, and it's, it's a blast. Very so. nice. So what, what did you do? Where were you at in radio? Um, I was at what is now iHeart. It was clear... Golf Star Communications, I believe, okay. back in the day. So <laughs> that's going back quite a number of years. Um, but people know it today as iHeart Radio. So it's so. now. So you worked for what? I worked for WJBO. Okay, yeah. WJBO. So I was always in news. Mm-hmm. Um, stayed in news, and then got out of that. So how well does the newsroom represent? news producing <laughs> side of things it's, it's very similar yeah okay so it's um it's it's a great business to be and it, it's changed so much since i've been there but um I, I got so many great life lessons and just career lessons from 
working oh, yeah. in that environment too. So yeah, I'm sure it's a very, very fast paced. Very, very fast paced, always on your toes, multitasking, um, doing a lot of running and kind of keeping your head in, in quite a number of places at one time. But you know, that is, has stayed with me and it's, it's been such a, a helpful tool to have those skills because you bring that with you wherever you go and you know being able to to really task like that is is beneficial oh yeah i mean you've got a especially now with having a jump from having everything we could do in person to i don't i couldn't tell you how many virtual events there was before covid i mean it was like not a thing and no it was not a thing um <laughs> and now it's everything that's right and you know i have been so impressed by this community. You know, we see what a lot of different cities, because we, so we often watch what's going on outside of our area, right? We're trying to see what are other people doing? What are other cities doing? What are other attractions doing? And how can we learn from that, expand on that, take it to a different level? Um, so, you know, we've, we've really watched, but I have got to say, man, we this community and the businesses and organizations here have really stepped it up. And, uh, you know, we started pushing virtual events quite a while ago. Um, my hope is that they continue to stay because I think it's just another avenue for businesses to help others understand what it is that they do and kind of invite them in and tease them a little bit. So right. that when they're looking at a city to go and visit, they're like, oh my gosh, hey, we saw them on Facebook or we saw them on YouTube or wherever they see them. And they're like, let's go visit this place. Oh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, it's been really fun as a local watching it from the visitor's perspective, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you want to go into it with the eyes of, all right, I know nothing about this place. How are they highlighting where they're at and what they're doing? And are they making it attractive? Yeah. And, just, and, and what does that say about Baton Rouge as a city? You know, does it make the city look fun and enticing? Yeah. And does it, you know, give people more of a perspective about who we are? Because yeah. got a lot of hidden gems here. That we do. I was recently put on a hidden gem, uh, the Lost Cove. Mm. That I have never been there before. And on Friday, we had a virtual event with the Bourbon Society of Baton Rouge. Yeah. And we did a whole bourbon pairing and everything. And I've got to tell you, their kitchen is like the... I was pleasantly surprised going there and eating the food that they were pairing with the bourbon I and mean, we were having like sous-fait sous no sous-vide steak that's been in, that's been sous-vide for six hours like just absolutely incredible cuisine at this local gym that's tucked off of Essen that I never yeah. would have stopped by had I not been invited to go to this event and put on this event with the bourbon society I was like okay you've opened my eyes to this local place that I'm definitely coming back here that's right you and know? see it's not on your beaten path it's not in your neighborhood it's mm -hmm. not where you would normally go and that goes that ties in with that rediscovering right yeah like getting out and exploring and taking a deeper dive and look at what you have oh, right here absolutely and it's I've almost seen a, our community come together so much more because people are now asking for recommendations like facebook has been blowing up for recommendations on where to do this where to do that where to go here where to eat this and i'm like i love seeing this because people are now they want to look past what they've become accustomed to yeah because before covid it was okay we're going here because it's quick convenient we know where it's at we know what to get go in get out and be done but now it's like okay 
We've been there 12 times this week. Let's try to explore something else and go off the beaten path and find somewhere that we can go. Yeah, and, and I think time has been something we've been able to experience that we didn't have before, right? Oh, my gosh. So yes. now you realize, well, I have time to actually think about what I want to do and where we want to go versus being in that crazy, busy life, going to work, going to school, going back home, figuring things out, and then having two days of a weekend to try and make something fit in. Yeah. So. I mean, you've if you haven't picked up a hobby – during COVID, you were, you were doing something way wrong with your time. <laughs> They're not coming true. out with many more new TV shows. Like we, they can't film. No, up they cannot. Recent weeks, but it's it, it's crazy to see what people will now do to get creative, and they'll say, "Okay, let's try this out." And it's stuff that you wouldn't have never have done had you not have been forced. I mean, you're we're now like forced to go and find stuff. We to are, do, which is a great thing. That is it's a good thing. Forcing us to get out of our comfort zone. It is. We've gotten outside of that comfort zone in so many ways this year. Oh, my gosh. But, you know, that, that might be a good thing to kind of challenge us to to keep that going and not just to, to go back to where we were. Yes. If we, and I've had quite a few conversations around that topic of, is it possible for us to go back to a pre-COVID? Yeah. And every time I get a response, it's it's always, well, no, we can't. We, you, you can't go back to a pre-COVID lifestyle because if we do go back to a pre-COVID lifestyle, something really, really terribly went wrong the way, you know? <laughs> we really didn't learn, right? <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't learn from having all the time on our hands. We did not mm-hmm. learn that what we can do with our time can be so much more different than what we're accustomed to. Yeah. I mean, being accustomed to, like you said, wake up, bring the kids to school, go to work, pick the kids up, go back home, eat dinner, do homework, go to bed, repeat. Yeah. Like that was, a, that was it. that's a normal person's lifestyle. That's a normal person's, you know, day. Yeah. But now it doesn't have to be. Now it's okay. We wake up, we feed the kids, we get them started on their, on their schooling virtually. Or if you go and you drop them off yeah. and then maybe your work, maybe your kids are going to school and you're still working virtually. Yeah. So now you're working, you get them home. Oh, let's go to the park. Let's go do this. Let's spend four or five more hours in the afternoon doing something. And then we'll come home and eat dinner and then go to bed and repeat. And you're always doing something new every single day. Yeah. Which is great because you don't get into this monotonous routine of just every single day doing one thing after the other. It's true. And I, yeah, it's just forced us to, and I, and I think that monotonous is what we don't miss. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to trying something new, like I know we have gone to so many different parks, we've tried so many different new activities, um, but we don't want to go to the same place over and over again, you know, and right. that, and that, that kind of is what we learned, I think, is to keep trying something new. Yeah, and we, it's going to take you a very long time to run out of new things to do. It is, it is. Because, I mean, our little circle is only, it hasn't grown as much as it should have. Yeah. So we still have a lot more exploring to do. That's right. There's there's a lot more exploring out there to do, even in Baton Rouge. Yeah. You know, there's still, there's so many great restaurants. There's so many plate, great things to go and just do in the city that you can't, if you get tired of doing all, if you touch all of them, come talk to me because I'm curious. I've got lots of questions. That's <laughs> like, right. That if you've gone to every so single true. place in VR, please come talk to me because I want to find out where all you went and how you did it, how long <laughs> it took you to do all these things. <laughs> so true. And, you know, I think we forget about our little, um, our smaller cities within the parish. We've got Zachary, Baker, Central. Yeah. And Baton Rouge all within this parish. Like, we can get out. Central is full of land and 
and really outdoor spaces. Oh my gosh! Um, yes. Bike trails, hiking trails. Yeah. I, um, so we yeah. Went to Beaver Creeks in Zachary or Baker? Zachary. Z- I'm pretty sure it's in Zachary. Yeah, it's, it's off a of, uh, airline highway, I believe. Yeah. So going there, I had never been to Beaver Creek before, and I randomly, my buddies and my brothers and I said, "Let's go to Beaver Creek to play some golf." And we go to Beaver Creek, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this course is gorgeous." Like, it is absolutely amazing how well this course is maintained. Just the design of the course, the layout of the course, it was challenging. Like, I, I for a second there, I'm like, we're not in Baton Rouge. We're not in Louisiana. Right. Like, you go to your, you know, you in comparison to, like, Webb or even LSU, this course is just so far different that I'm like, this is incredible. Like, and it's only 20-minute drive from Baton Rouge. It's, yeah, it's From downtown Baton Rouge, it's like 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah. this is not a long drive at all to get here. It's a hidden gem I wouldn't have gone to had I not been forced to play somewhere else after you've played every course and you have the whole thing memorized. Like, all right, I want something new. I want something different. Yeah. So that has been a, just a great takeaway from the whole COVID slowing life down and closing stuff off for us. That's right, yeah. There's just so many, so many good things that I think we could really sit back when we when this is over right Mm -hmm. when this is over we're in our our new way of life and have figured that out i think that's going to be what we remember out of this oh absolutely it's the and that's what i forget who i was having on the show we were talking and it was your kids they may not necessarily remember covid but until they learn about it in history. That's right. But they will remember the amount of days that they got to spend with their parents more so than they would have. That's who it was. It was Parish County Line, Derek. Derek Shipley had him on, and he was talking about how, you know, he spent so much more time with his kids now because he's not on the road. That's right. You know, he's at home and he's doing other things. I'm like, that's what your kids are going to remember. They're going to remember those memories made with mom and dad and aunts, uncles, and cousins, and bros and sisters that, oh, yeah, there was this thing going around. Everybody was sick. (laughs) <laughs> you know, everybody was sick, and we all got to spend more time with our family. <laughs> it is going to sound a little bizarre when they start talking about it, but oh yeah, it, it, that's exactly what the stories are going to be. Yeah, and that's to me, I'm like, as if if your kid comes out of COVID and that's what they say, I'm like, you're you did wonders. That's right, you did, yeah, yeah. So, Give it a few years, we'll forget the name COVID. I don't know so. if we'll ever forget <laughs> the name COVID. I think it'll always have a certain ring and maybe a certain sting to some people. But it will be entirely different than it is now. It's like a hurricane name, right? You never for, truly forget the hurricane name. Right. But You slowly can put, yeah. put more Band-Aids on and kind yeah. of fix everything back up to how it get it as close as you can to what it was beforehand. But That's better. right. So you went from producing a radio show to then producing a news, a broadcasted news television mm-hmm. show. So how, how, did, how did that shift happen? <laughs> <laughs> I was still in college when that happened, studying. Um, and, you know, I just had some really good mentors along the way that really kind of kept saying, hey, I think you need to look at this direction. I think you need to go in this direction. Um, I had no idea, right? Sure, let yeah. me try that. Let me see what that looks like. Um, and, you know, they, they were kind of advisors to me at that time. Um, just wanted me to explore all opportunities and options to kind of see where I wanted to end up. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up producing the morning show for channel nine. Okay. Um, so I worked a crazy shift. I think I got to work at midnight 
and worked till about 9 a.m. Oh my God. Toward the end of it. I had right. worked different shifts um, in my time there. But yeah, so it's that, a little taxing a on a person. <laughs> it is. You, you just, you, you have a whole completely different look on life. Um, so I did that. And then, um, I, 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 like I said, I loved it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but then moved on to have more of a normal life, normal schedule. Uh, there's a bit of a, you know, an adjustment period in there. Yeah. So I, I, I've got a good friend of mine who does the, the night shift at the hospital. And I'm like, man, and like, he'll come to an event that'll be like more towards the lunchtime. And he's like falling asleep. I'm like, dude, what, what's going on, man? Like <laughs> you have a late night. And he's like, absolutely. I did. And he's like, I got off the clock at like four o'clock this morning. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, you did have a late night. That's right. Yeah. So usually my night started around five and then I would go till about nine and then I would sleep during sleep the day. Yeah. So yeah, I missed a whole lot going on, but, um, it was great. It was it was a lot of fun um, in that career path and went to producing events, which was a lot of fun as well. That's where I really got to understand and know the community. Um, I did with when I was at Channel 9 as well, um, just because we interviewed so many guests and got to see all the different events that were going on and all the different organizations out there. Um, and then a lot of that carried over into event planning. Um, and then I went to work at Visit Baton Rouge. And, and all of that, I have to say, was so helpful for me understanding um, my role at Visit Baton Rouge and, and really knowing what was available, who was out there, who the key people were, and who the players were. Right. Um, and those people are still, I, I keep in touch with those They're people still, here. still today. Yeah. So. That's incredible. So having that that knowledge going from radio to then TV to then events to now visit Baton Rouge, what are you kind of doing in the COVID space as far as events go? I mean, what do you all have on the horizon? What's happening? What what can we expect in the next upcoming months? Yeah. So one of the things, you know, we work with a lot of the event organizers because um, prior to COVID, and, and I do see, you know, some of these stats and some of these um, you know, trends coming back. When people do start traveling again, we're, we're being told that travel is going to definitely be changed. Mm -hmm. um, just like everything else, you know. Yeah. People will travel differently. They'll travel for different purposes. But what the, the two main things that brought people to Baton Rouge were family and friends. Yep. So, so we love to invite people, which is, is, you know, that is who we are. You know, when you look at Baton Rouge, people love to show off where they are. Um, the other top leading factor there were to go to events. Um, prior to between 2018, 2019, we saw a huge surge in the number of festivals and events that popped up. And that was really encouraging. I mean, we used to have one month. We used to have April as festival month. Okay. And we started creeping into March and that was exciting. But really in 2019, it was from March to about July. Oh, wow. It was very, you know, people understood like, 
people want to come here for events, our local residents want events to go to. 100%. And, um, you know, from Oyster Fest to Bandito Fest to Blues Fest to Ebb and Flow Fest to Third Street Songwriters Fest, we have um, so many. We have festivals at Southern. We have just festivals everywhere. And it was just so fun to see these really grow. Um, we're keeping in touch with a lot of the organizers. They want to bring them back. They're just not quite sure what they're going to look like yet. Yeah. And when it's going to be safe to bring them back. Uh, we're starting to see some fall events come back, smaller scale. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing on the festival scope just yet. Um, we've talked to some of the event organizers in the spring because that's when a majority of the festivals are. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what they decide to do but they are looking at dates right now which is encouraging um and and, you know i know that the people are going to be excited oh absolutely to get out yeah i mean we did so we did that that event on friday with the bourbon society was our first event that um featured a a live audience Mm -hmm. so when we we ran out the whole lost code and we had only had 30 people there so we limited the number of people we could have and i think we sold all the tickets in like 15 minutes isn't that crazy and people want to get out right and it was we were and it was only available for members of the society so it was a select small group of like 435 people i think is what they're up to right now and then boom it was going in 20 in like 15 20 minutes and we're like oh my gosh this is crazy and then we're like okay well we're going to do it both virtual we're going to stream the event and we're going to have people there in person and i think that's kind of the pattern we're going to start seeing in these upcoming months and this upcoming you know in 2021 yeah there's going to be a virtual side I feel to a lot more events than there was ever before because people now have become accustomed to attending these events and those that still may not feel safe to go out to large gatherings have that option. They have that option of staying in their bedroom and being able to chime in whenever they want. And a well-run event should have that sense of inclusion. Yeah. You know, we had so many conversations with people in the comments and at the event that we had the good balance going that people were able to really feel connected even though they weren't all physically there. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot of that as well. So Baton Rouge brings in a lot of meetings and conventions throughout the year. Um, that is probably one of the hardest hit um, segments of, of what we've seen. Uh, we started seeing them cancel in March and, you know, it just trickled down from there. Right. Um, but we're seeing on that platform what we're calling hybrid is definitely going to be the way of the future, but it definitely opens up um, their opportunities for bringing in a wider audience, just like you said with the Bourbon Society. Absolutely. Um, You know, people still want to experience this. Mm -hmm. And whether they do it in their pajamas or in the comfort of their own home or if they're traveling and they're like, you know what, I still need a little piece of home with me while I'm out and I just can't be there in person, they still want to do it. Um, and it, it, you know what, it's just such a smart move to make. The That's technology's weird. there. We've got that part down yeah. we, if and you that was the factor. If right? you don't have the technology down, it's very easy to get it down. Yeah. You know, if you've got it within your budget and you can afford just a simple, I mean, a very simple, simple setup to make your hybrid event happen it can be done now you're going to need a team to run the stuff so it's going to be quite expensive yeah. to make it happen but 
like if you're just doing an event of 15 or 20 people, you can make it happen with your iPhone. Yeah. You know, and while it may not be the best quality, you're still going to have that bridge there for those people wanting to remain home. So it's it to be successful now, you've got to have some form of a hybrid system in place. Yeah. So starting to kind of wind down from the show and wrap up, mm-hmm. what would you say to people looking outside of Baton Rouge that is attractive and what's a reason, what are three reasons to come here? It's a good question. Um, you know, Baton Rouge, we had often heard from visitors, man, like I had no idea this place was so much fun. Uh, you know, people were starting to put the words charm with Baton Rouge. Okay, It's I a like very it. charming city. Um, you know, and it, as a local, you're like, hmm, okay, that's cool. Yeah. And I, I mean, <laughs> when you live here, you look at things so differently. And that's a resident of any city. It's always good to hear from visitors because they really, truly tell you what your city's like, you know, and, yes. and, and they're honest, that's for sure. Um, but charm was definitely a word we were hearing more and more. Um, the people here are just unlike any other and I say that and I say that saying even comparing ourselves to other cities within the state of Louisiana Baton is just different it's just it's got its own little touch and the people here make us who we are um they're a reason to visit um because I think that has been attractive to so many of our visitors that have come in I think other things are just coming to a smaller city where you can get out and explore and have plenty to do. We're often seen as an affordable city. Big deal these days. Um, especially wanting to get out, but yet still doing, still doing it in a way that's safe and affordable. Um, so I, th- I think there's, there's plenty to see from the historical side. Being a capital city is something that definitely um, is unique for our area. I think something that we're just like, oh, okay, we're the capital city, no big deal. But when you have people coming from more rural areas, that's a really big deal. Um, And just to be able to go and see the capital, see where things are, where laws and all of our um, ways of life are determined and decided by lawmakers that are, are... at the Capitol now, they're back in special sessions. So it's a good reason to come and visit. But just kind of uh, coming and exploring and seeing just that that city side with a rural touch to it, I think, is who we are. Absolutely. And that's, and that's feel like that meets where Baton Rouge is at. So yeah. I love that. Um, what are three lessons that you've kind of gathered along the your career thus far? I mean, you've had <clears throat> quite a variety of <laughs> positions but all still kind of within this promoting sense. Yeah, very you much know? so. So what are what are some lessons you kind of got throughout that time frame? Wow, that's, hmm. let me think on that one for just a tad. Um, so I think some of the biggest lessons are, um, is just getting really outside of that comfort zone. I think all three of those careers that I've been in, I've had to get outside of my zone Um, Because if I'm truly doing my job the right way, I have to see it from the bigger picture. Um, 
if if I was selling a city from my own perspective, it would be a completely different way. You know, I often say that one of the coolest things about my job now is I get to be a local and take this place for granted. But yet I go to work in the morning and I get to become a visitor because I have to sell it like a visitor would want to see it. Right. But I have to understand it like a local would. Yeah. Um, you got to know where everything's at. That's right. But then know how best to present it that meets the eye, that catches yeah, the eye. Exactly. Um, so really just getting outside of my own comfort zone and and learning a whole lot more than what is, is comfortable in my little world. Um, trying to think what else. You know, one of the biggest things that I um, have really understood in all three of those career paths is just understanding the value of listening. Yes. And um, I've learned so much just through that skill set. And, you know, if I listen to what people really are truly saying and then take that back and apply that to what my work is, it's, I think, opened up, you know, my own perspective on things. Oh, yeah. So. Listening is... The more you listen, the better you'll find your position. It is, but it's a very hard skill <laughs> to understand how to, to do that. It's not something that's just, oh, I just want to listen, so I'm going to just succeed at that. So. Yeah, you've got to be able to, to listen, but you have to be able to hear. That's right. Very, very true. You, you have to, yeah, because my, my wife can attest to that. She'll say something, and she's like, were you listening? I was like, I'm listening. And she's like, yeah, but did you hear me? <laughs> did you hear what I said? And having that is two, I mean, being able to listen and being able to hear are two completely different things. Because I can listen to somebody say something all day long, but if I'm not sitting there and actively hearing what they have to say and just paying attention and saying, okay, you know, what, what are they going to You're hanging on to every word, and you're fully focused in that is so powerful because you're you can then provide valuable feedback you provide right. valuable conversation and you can have this back and forth whereas if you're just listening they're going to finish and you're oh okay moving on to a different yeah. topic Mo- right? moving on to the next thing let's keep going you know yeah. and it's people always want to speak first and then listen later and it's if we can every now and again kind of be on the flip side of that you know yeah. let's let's listen and hear what you have to say and then we'll speak you mm-hmm. know and have that that welcoming of, I don't need to say anything first. What do you got? That's right. You know, and then, then, I'll, then I'll come and say what I've got to say. And then it provides a, a little bit more of an open discourse and a better conversation can go back and forth in whatever the matter is. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So much more powerful. It is much more powerful and it can get you a lot further and get a lot more can actually happen when people are opening to listening and compromising you know that's right if you're not opening to listening and you've whatever you've got to say is the only thing that's going to happen well that's gonna it's gonna end up falling dead real fast yeah definitely well for the the final question of the show is what can i do to help you i think um you and i think just you know anybody out there who calls this place home you know i think one of the things that we need to do a better job as as locals or residents of the city is really having more pride and really um, feeling a little more positive about Baton Rouge. 
Every city has their challenges. Every single city. Um, You know, prior to COVID, we did a lot of traveling and and you can often hear from residents about everything that's not right, right? Visitors (laughs) don't ever want to hear that. Yeah. You know, when visitors go to a city, they could care less about any of that. Um, So really kind of, you know, having a little more pride, but I think taking that a step further and just being an ambassador for your city, you know, just kind of really owning that. And Absolutely. when you're out and about, just showing how proud you are. Absolutely. I, I, I try to do that as best I can through the show, through yeah. me just living my normal life and talking about Baton Rouge all the time. So I will continue to strive for that and continue working on that. Awesome. I think the show is such a great example because you bring on so many different guests with different perspectives. Yes. That um, really showcase who we are. And and that's exactly what we want to get out there. Yeah. Showcase all the local talent, the local businesses, the local business leaders, people just moving and grooving in the community. You know, the tagline is local entrepreneurs sharing local stories. But I want to focus on the local stories. Yeah. that people share and that they just expound upon and say, hey, look how great we are. Look what we've got going on here. I've met so many amazing people throughout this time that I've been doing the show and more to come. You know, it's oh, yeah. people I wouldn't have met had I stayed on my beaten path. That's right. You know, so it all goes back to that full circle of getting out your comfort zone, listening, and all that plays a role in anybody and everybody's life. So right. thank you so much Keep for coming on the stories. show. Keep telling stories. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely. So thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm glad we were able to make this happen. Yes. And I thank everybody else for listening or that may be watching for tuning into the latest episode of the Patty G Show with Visit Baton Rouge. If you haven't visited Baton Rouge before, I highly encourage it and recommend it for you to come here. Even during COVID, we've got great things going on. I mean, we've got so many different parks, outdoor activities, recreational activities. We are Louisiana sportsman's paradise. So... Come on down here, check us out, and thank you all so very much. Y'all have a good one.